Literary Scape presents the historical, inspirational book club podcast, The First of Its Kind. This show is for those who love clean romance adventure stories from the 1800s. In this episode, Tiffany and Melissa will be discussing the second book in Laurie Copeland's Men of the Saddle series, The Drifter. Charity Burke is determined to find a husband. So when she discovers unconscious and injured cowboy Bo Claxton on her land, she decides her prayers have been answered. What was your reaction to Betsy's death at the beginning of the story? I was super, super sad. I was imagining this perfect couple and then everything was gone. I started crying. Yeah. You're a jerker. Definitely. Were you surprised that Bo took off after the funeral? I was. Very much so, because he seems very steady and not the type of person just to up and leave his family. Mm-hmm. I think what made it worse was that she was pregnant with their first child. He lost both his child and his wife at the same time, at the yeah. same accident, which this is why we don't like snakes, especially right. little snakes, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so when he goes to take off, Cass isn't happy about Bo's decision to leave. While Cole, Cole offers support, would you react like Cass or Cole? Hard question. I think Ed would be split. You know, like, I don't want him to go. I don't think that's the right thing for him to do, to walk away from family, because he needs us right now. Right. But at the same time, if that's what he needs, I guess I need to be supportive of that, too. But Yeah, I feel like a little bit of time was okay, but I feel like how long he's gone and just completely disregarding his whole family. Mm-hmm. It was like a whole not, year yeah. that he drifted. That, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. It is. All right, so in chapter one, on page six, this is where we kind of get to learn about Charity a little bit more, but she makes a remark about a man knocking on her, her door saying, I hear you're looking for a husband, take me. I feel like it shows how desperate she is because she needs the help of a man because her husband died in the war and left her to homestead by herself. And she has to make so many improvements or they'll take the land away. So she's desperate for this man, yet she's still willing to stick it out on there because you know she comes from money so she could go back home back east and be just fine but she chooses to stick it out so at this point do you envision Bo being that man no definitely not based on the last book yeah because he loved betsy so much Mm -hmm. and yeah was not expecting this book to be this way yeah because i really thought Bo would be like she's my one and only if i don't have her i don't have anybody yes so surprising the description of Bo and his life over the past year was really sad. He truly had become a shell and nothing like that happy, kind man we saw in The Peacemaker. What was your reaction to the change in his character? I was really sad for Bo because I loved Bo and I loved how he was in the other book. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that just made me sad. Yeah. And- really worried about how this book was going to go. I know because Bo was really my, I really right, like our favorite. And the, yeah. and the Peacemaker, you really get to like him because he's just this sweet, genuine, genuine, strong guy. And here he is like literally a shell. He's skin and bones and he's just really ragged looking. That was pretty sad. He's on Charity's land when he gets attacked by that wolf and she, you know, shoots the wolf to save him. Right. And starts trying to like pull him out and uh, get him to the house. She sees him as an answer to her problems. Like, like thank <laughs> you, Lord. To a prayer. Yep. Thanks for sending this guy here. Yep. Even though he is shredded by a wolf, mm-hmm. but thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so she starts working faster. Like, I gotta save him because this is the adrenaline right? Yeah. <laughs> and then she decides that she's gonna ask him to marry her 
And if that doesn't work, she's going to trick him into it. What are you thinking about her now? I really didn't know what to think of her at that point because all we knew is she was this wealthy girl from you know, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Had come out here with her husband and you didn't really get a good feel for her yet. Mm-hmm. So you don't know her character. You don't know. But to automatically feel like you need a man to get married right away and you're going to trick him is kind of a... Just not a very honest person. Like, not at all who you would picture. In this book, yeah. for And especially for, for Bo. So, going on to chapter two, uh, Charity's trying not to get sick while she's taking care of Bo's wounds, you know. It's very descriptive about her pushing the needle in and out of the skin as she's, like, sewing up all of his cuts. Would do you be able to handle it? I would. I know you wouldn't be able to, but you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, you being a nurse and all, it probably... Yeah, but even the description was making me a little lightheaded. <laughs> like, I'm going to pass out just reading this. And I thought she did a very good job on it. Yeah. And I'm going, please stop. I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm really surprised. Well, I wasn't really surprised. So he's kind of in and out of consciousness while she's taking care of him. He keeps calling out for Betsy. And then he kisses Charity while she's taking care of him. She noticed that he had all this love in his eyes. And it reminded her of her late husband and how he loved her. And he thinks it's Betsy, and it pulls her back to memories of Farrand. But I like how Lori put two characters together who both lost their first love just under different circumstances. I thought it was interesting. thought it was also interesting that their first actual kiss was not... A real kiss. Yeah. I mean, because he thought, it's Betsy. Like, I've died onto heaven, and, right. and now I'm back with Betsy. A lot of good foreshadowing, though. Yes, I would agree. <laughs> I think Lori's really good at that. I think she did a lot of foreshadowing in The Peacemaker and then also in The Drifter. So one little thing and you're like, oh, this might come in play later. Yeah. We learn a little bit more about Charity and Farron, too. I mean, we learn we knew they came from wealth and they grew up where they both had servants, actually, that did all the hard work. Yet they chose to, after they get married, head out to Kansas and homestead. And she said, you never know what you can do until you have to do it. So she just, I mean, she really got forced into that. And then she got left with it because he went off to the war and, and died. So how do you feel about Charity and Farron when you read this part of it? I mean, did it give you, did it change your opinion of her or did it create new opinions of her late husband? I mean, and I can understand that they wanted their own piece of land in that time era. They wanted something for themselves to make it on their own mm-hmm. kind of feeling. And I get that. Yeah. I felt like those are, they're people you could respect because like you said, they want to stand on their own two feet and they're going to do the, the hard work, mm-hmm. you know, that they had to put And not it. take the easy way. Yeah. Because the easy thing would have been like, okay, we're just going to use our family's money and have servants do everything for us. Even though she's planning on tricking Bo into marrying her, it did make me <laughs> think, well, she's got some good qualities. So then... She has a neighbor. She has neighbors that the woman is pregnant. And so the husband comes to get her while she's in the middle of taking care of Bo because his wife's in labor. And they live in a dugout home, which sounded totally miserable because she talked about her friend always said it's always muddy there, you know, because she's just walking around on a dirt floor. Then she talked about there a snake falling in the bed while they were sleeping. Yeah. Ew. Oh, ew. And ew. like her husband's just like, oh, I'm just going to pick it up and throw it outside. Could you live in a home like that? No, definitely not. I can't believe how many people actually did live in dugouts like that, though. Yeah. Well, in that kind of environment, tornadoes every other day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You're talking Kansas. On the plane. Yeah. I could see that would be one of the safest things, you know? You can't really have your TP. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's true. But I would be like, we're going to live in this till you build me that log cabin. Right. And we're going to move. But like, I could yeah. do it temporarily, but not permanently. Yeah, I agree. And you're you're pregnant. So now you have a baby coming yeah. into that kind of home. Totally different world. Yeah. Thankful for the world we live in. Her neighbor came to get her and he was like, yeah, that guy's going to die. So, you know, when you're done helping my wife, I'll come back with you and help you bury him. So, like, Bo's just being written off at this point. I was really scared for Bo. I know. I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. So, she goes to help her friend, and it's not going well. And she ends up dying right after she delivers the baby. So, what was your reaction to all that happened when Charity went to deliver Letty's baby? I really started to feel for Charity at this point. She lost her husband. She has a stranger she's taking care of. Just kind of feel like she's gonna lose hope here soon Mm -hmm. yeah especially when the dad doesn't even acknowledge the baby at this point yes now she has a newborn Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's just a lot on her shoulders charity's gone for a while longer than she anticipated because she helps get her friend ready for burial and does the funeral before she ever goes back home i think she's gone for like two days Mm -hmm. while she's gone though she has these two indian friends uh little fawn and laughing waters that just they come around whenever it sounds like and just kind of make themselves at home so when they went into her cabin they found Bo, and they like fell in love with them (laughs) and were taking care of them so during the i love this it's like three pages worth of description here where he's Mm -hmm. like coming in and out of it and he thinks that he's died and gone to hell because they have the <laughs> cabin so warm and they have him like wrapped, wrapped up super so tight where he can't move. Yes. <laughs> and I just enjoyed all of his thoughts in the pictures that they created. Mm-hmm. You know, when he's thinking they're talking crow, I think. Yeah. They keep calling him. Uh, is it golden hair or gold, golden hair? Golden yeah. hair. Yeah. And he at one point he's like, oh, they got the wrong person. I'm not golden hair. That's not my name. I should be in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just absolutely hilarious. But I especially liked how Little Fawn and Little Waters take to him. What was your reaction to that whole scene? Because they're like, he makes strong papooses. He's fine. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> Fighting over this dying yes. guy. And now I feel for him because he's got three ladies that have automatically <laughs> wanted him, scoop him up, and he has no choice in it, it seems. I know. He's like <laughs> stuck, right? Yeah. He's like, kind of, what did he work himself into this journey mm-hmm. for a year? And now he's he's trapped. Yeah. But the fact that he thinks he's in hell for a little while. Yes. I mean, that's not really a funny thing, I hope. No, but. To never, ever be there but the description was hilarious it just yes. makes you laugh and little fawn and laughing waters are not little women not by their description yeah though. their it's descriptions like, like they're pretty beefy women yeah like so he's like <laughs> yeah he seems a little scared yeah so then it goes back to like chapter four starts off with letty's funeral and i just really like the pastor's words because they were just a sweet reminder of what we have to look forward to if we trust in Jesus. So at this point in the book, Letty is the third character to die. So what are you feeling at this point? And like I said before, mm-hmm. just really sad for Charity. And she's lost two people really close to her. And, you know, I'm kind of anxious to see how she pulls through this. Yeah. You know, we see Bo's description of his loss and how he ran away from it. And now Charity's kind of just hanging on to her, her old husband. Mm-hmm. And now what is she going to do with her friend? Right. You know? Yeah. What were your thoughts about Ansel? Now, Ansel is Letty's husband, and he did not take Letty's death well at all. And he's left Charity with the baby. Like, he he takes her home, and Charity's like, 
trying to get some things around for the baby for him and turns around and he's he's gone. I was really surprised. But we don't know we didn't know this character very well. That's we true. just knew that you know, that was her best friend. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he was he left the dying guy there. Yeah. You know, for his wife. I guess, you know, his wife is important. But you know, just kind of questioning his character at this point. Yeah. And then to leave your baby, mm-hmm. your brand new baby, and not even want to hold it or Yeah. You know I never even looked at her. Kinda did what Bo did and just left. Mm-hmm. But as we both think Bo would do, I think he would have stayed around if he had a baby. Yeah. But. So then what was your reaction to Charity's conversation with Little Fawn and Laughing Waters when she claimed Bo as hers? Because right after Ansel leaves, she's realizes somebody's in her house and she goes in and finds them with Bo. Yeah, the fire was going. And they're like You left him. He's ours. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if he's your if he your man, why did you leave him? And she's like, Well, <laughs> It was, it was just funny. Mm-hmm. And Bo has no clue what's going on at yeah, this point. Yeah, he's out of it. Yeah. Then Bo and Charity in Chapter 4, they both swear they'll never love another again. So what are your thoughts on these proclamations? Uh, whenever you say never, something happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that is good <laughs> foreshadowing. That right? all there. <laughs> chapter 5, Bo's coming around more. He's thinking more about... He's, he's pretty much bed like trapped in the bed you know like he can't move or do anything so he's just thinking about his the past year how he's just kind of been on the run and thought about how it's impossible to run away from god even if you aren't even if that's what you're trying to do and it seems he's starting to repair his broken relationship with god and then charity comes in and asks him to marry her (laughs) right and help her keep the farm and he refuses so then she resorts to blackmail to get him to do it Mm-hmm. So keep in mind at this point, he's still recovering. He's stuck in bed. What are you thinking of Jer- Charity right now? I mean, she's looking at a helpless man. He won't marry her. And yeah. so she's like, I'm just going to blackmail him into it. Yep. I'm going to get my way one way or another. Yeah. It was kind of a, like, I get her situation, but to blackmail somebody into marriage, you know, we, especially since we mm-hmm. know Bo and we love Bo and we know how yeah. he is. I didn't think it was going to be you, happening. Yeah. You know, we know how strong and rooted in God he is. But um, yeah, for Charity just to be like, oh, I'm going to get him one way or another. So it moves into where you are listening to Bo's thoughts or reading about Bo's thoughts about marriage and how sacred it, it is. And in his head, he's he's thinking once he gives his name, he's duty bound to make good on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big thing to one that's why we yes. love <laughs> one for a man to give his name to a woman and two for a woman to take a man's name. I mean, it's, it's pretty big. So then Ansel comes back and he does this little short visit with Charity, but he leaves again without his baby. At this point, what do you think might happen with Ansel and the baby Mary Kathleen? Really didn't know what to think of this guy again leaving the baby. And I thought, you know, he's so distraught from his wife dying that maybe he's blaming the baby for her death. But we really don't know him very well. Yeah. To leave the baby again. And if again. I remember it, like in this encounter, it was, he. she goes, do you want to hold Mary Kathleen? And he's like, who's that? And he, right. right. He's not yeah. even acknowledging yeah. it. He's just in a stupor right now. I laughed the entire time. I read that scene with Bo and Little Fawn and Laughing Waters. Because remember, they said we come back on Big Father's Day. So they're coming back Sunday. Oh, yeah. this is where yes. your charity's like, well, you're not going to marry me. You can face them alone. And she goes out to feed the chickens. And leaves him alone. Leaves him alone. Yes. And he's like, Charity! Which he loves. He's like yelling for. And then he's being very firm with the 
with them. Like, I'm not going with you, you know, and not your man, all this stuff. And then they're like, here, you need to drink this tea. I'll make you feel better. Yeah. Why did he drink the tea? But I get he was out of it and he didn't think it. <laughs> he's high from the tea. And he, at the, the chapter ends with like, he's appalled because he hears someone giggling and realizes it's him. It's him. <laughs> <laughs> Crack it up. And he's being dragged out of the house yes. at this point, right? Yeah. They're like, one's got his feet and one's got his arms. Degreeable to whatever. He's like got this like goofy grin on his face. He's like, whatever. I love how Charity, though, she's like running and stops him. And she was willing to give up that emerald brooch that Farron gave her. That was his grandmother's. But she gave it to the women to barter for him to save him. Could you have done that knowing there was a good chance Bo would leave once he was healed? Yeah, the hard question. But I think that was the only thing of value mm-hmm. she had left and then give it up. From her first husband. Reverend Olson and his wife, Rebecca, I thought were really kind when they came. They were just doing visits and they came and visited Charity, knew that she had the baby. Mm-hmm. And surprised, found out about Bo, right? They talked about having Bo come stay with them to save her reputation. They said, we're not, we're not going to be the ones that go around mm-hmm. telling people that he's living here, but it's going to get around. At some point, I thought that was really sweet of them. Instead of being judgmental, they were trying to help her out, knowing nothing wrong was happening in that house, you know, with the two of them living under the same roof, but the appearance of it. Then Charity and Bo start talking about that situation. They kind of take a little walk outside, and I was shocked by Bo's saying, I'm going to stay here. Right, Mm -hmm. because he's normally very honorable and based on his upbringing. That he wouldn't stay with a woman yeah. unless he was, you know. But I think right. he knew in his heart that he wasn't doing anything I mean, anything that's kind too, of the way so. you said it, isn't it? Yeah. But he mm-hmm. also was worried about Charity's reputation, too. But he so. said, I I owe you my life and I want to pay you back. So I'm going to stay and work. It's easier if I'm here to be working yeah. on the property for you. Lori reuses the term Viper's Nest again. If you remember from the Peacemaker, uh, Winnie. When she finds out that she's actually in Cass's home with oh, his yeah. family, she's like, oh, thanks, Lord. You dropped me oh, in yeah. the Viper's Nest. So Ansel comes in like crazy, comes in the house and is yelling about how he's not going to let his daughter be raised by Charity. There, This is the Viper's Nest because Charity's living. He says that Charity's living in sin with Bo in the house. So what do you think about Ansel's rant and his strange behavior? He was gone crazy, and I I don't know. I get that he lost his wife, but I think he was just mm-hmm. in one of the grieving stages at that point, trying to, just starting to realize what was going on and that he left his baby, and I think he blamed himself for part of that. And he was just looking mm-hmm. to re- reflect that anger on somebody else. So, mm-hmm. you know, I left my baby, but you're doing yeah. something even worse and kind of bounced it back on Charity, even though mm-hmm. she was being helpful and caring for his baby, and then... He, he felt mm-hmm. bad, but then he also wanted to blame her. Like you said, hers must be worth it. And you're living here like that with my daughter. I liked how Bo stepped in and was like, you will not talk to her that way. And then he kind of, I know, that's our Bo. Yeah. It's he kind of, Ansel kind of <laughs> settled down. All of a sudden he was acting normal again. And then he, he was like, I want to hold my baby. Yeah. And so then were you surprised that he stole the baby? Yeah, I was surprised that he went outside and then was gone. I mean, I know Bo was getting ready to go out, but he was already out and gone by the time Bo made it out, which they panicked. 
And this is where they, Charity and Bo have their first kiss, their first real kiss, where they know what's going on. And it's right before Bo leaves to find Ansel and the baby. What was your reaction? You know, it's happy. But yeah. I was also very like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, what does this mean? Crying and panicking about the baby. But he's just as panicked about the baby's safety as well. And it was just kind of right, this sweet moment that just kind of pulled them together. And it was really over Mary Kathleen yeah. that kind of drew them together. What was your reaction to the Reverend saying that Charity couldn't keep the baby unless she and Bo were married? Because Ansel had taken the baby to them and said he didn't want Charity taking care of the baby anymore. I mean, I was surprised, mm. but we also live in a different time period where... Yeah, of different images of family now. So in that time, mm-hmm. though, I mean that is to be expected. Yeah, at that time there were orphanages and you know people. Yeah, people did single women just didn't have a baby. On page one seventy, Lori put a line in there that no man was asked to carry his burdens alone. God's grace was sufficient for any need he might have. Lori laced this story with so many reminders of God's sovereign hand in our lives, and here Bo has found Ansel dead. After they find out where the baby is, they said, well, Ansel left again and he didn't have a coat on. And I think it was snowing out. And so he was part of the crew that he went out looking. Of course, it has to be Bo that finds him, which is interesting. So he's found Ansel dead and things are starting to become clearer to him as he looks upon a man who suffered the loss of his wife, just as he had. But Ansel had a very different ending than Bo. Did you have any thoughts when you read through that? I think this is a big eye opener for Bo. Like this is how his life could have went. Mm-hmm. He was a drifter for a year. Yeah, you know this could have happened at any moment for him. Yeah, especially you know getting attacked by a wolf yeah. <laughs> if Charity hadn't been there. But I think it is you know how Ansel got so far away from God and his friends and you know everything mm-hmm. and just it, I think he gave up. And I think that's what Bo was doing was drifting around, but. I think because he had such a, you know, we love Bo and how he had a, a strong faith in God. But I think that kind of held him on a little bit mm-hmm. longer for the year he was drifting. But still, I think it, this part opened his eyes and realized yeah. that this is the path he was heading. And I think yeah. that's why he found him. And yeah, it kind of is a turning because point. Because now in the book. Bo's start, starting to contemplate marrying Charity. So they're at the funeral and for Ansel and people are not treating her real well. They're just kind of avoiding her and you couldn't stand that that was happening. And then after the funeral, they're driving into town. She thinks we're going to go in and get supplies. And I love how he drives past the mercantile and she goes, um, you missed it. But if you turn up here, you can go make it back around. It's okay. Because she's thinking he doesn't really know this town. <laughs> he's been in it once, you know. And he's like, I know where right. I'm at. Is that right. typical, though, when you're driving with your husband? Like, you're like, hey, you yep. turn. No, I know where I'm going. <laughs> and then he pulls up to the reverend's house and she's like, oh, OK, he's brought me here to see the baby. And then he announces that we're getting married. He didn't ask. He just said, we're here to get married. Yeah. Like, Whoa. But I think Bo is one that when he has his mind and his heart set on something, he's going to do it. And I think yeah. for that incident. He was ready. Then, yep. It just went very quickly for me. I was like, like, yeah, Charity, what? Oh, and like, she goodness. wanted to. She wanted it. <laughs> yeah. She thought she wanted it. But then when it was happening, I think <laughs> she was like, what? Oh, it was wow. pretty really? Like, Are you sure? We're going like, to get married right now. <laughs> yeah. Right, right now. now. 
Yeah. This is but, really what I pictured, but okay. That's true. This, <laughs> this is, is very like, true. I ask God for. So then she gets, <laughs> they get Mary Kathleen back, which makes her so happy. And then they do go to the mercantile and there's, you know, all these gossipy mm-hmm. women. I love how Charity just kind of puts an end to the conversation when the ladies are saying how handsome Bo was and asking how long he would be staying with Charity. And she answers by asking them. Why, where else would a husband stay except with his wife? And then they all were like, silent. What? <laughs> I know, I know. I could do it, was, it was awesome. <laughs> I love that. It was a good, good scene. But I'm also one of those that's a little protective, like a little possessive, I guess you could say, of my husband. So I would have been like, and I'd appreciate it if you'd stop looking at my man, you know? <laughs> like, that one's mine. You know? Go find your own. <laughs> yep. Oh my goodness. Anyways, so then Bo is shopping too and he sees the brooch yes oh yeah that's right but he had no idea remember because he was high and out of it but yeah, yeah i he was buys like, that for how ironic yeah because he was yeah, gonna he get wanted, raisins yeah, was it raisins right. he was gonna instead. own raisins for his raisin yeah. high mm-hmm. for himself He's, yeah because yeah, he said the emerald that like reminded him the green of the green and of her eyes yeah and then Cass. i'm gonna tell you i can't wait to talk about the maverick because Cask, oh my word, he is the little brother that is the thorn in his big brother's side. He was a thorn in <laughs> Cole's side, although what he did led Cole to Winnie, who he fell in love with, but he was still a pain. And then here, Bo just married Charity. They're going home, you know, to wedding night. Honeymoon and night. They find, <laughs> well, they come up and there's like lights on. And he goes, You didn't leave the lantern on, did you? And she goes, No. <laughs> so here's Bo thinking, He's got his gun and he's busting through the door and there's his little brother, Cass, sitting there with a smile on his face, waiting for him. And Cass, I felt like he was a little flirt with Charity. I agree. But he was kind of like He's that like the cute too. little brother. Well, they're all supposed to be very handsome, but he's the one that's got the all womanizer. the charm with the ladies. Yeah. So I, I thought it was mm-hmm. also, Bo is so proud of Charity as his wife and he's bragging about her cooking and I felt like it was a sudden change, but then yep. I feel like, you know, that's Bo. It's his, it's his life. And when he, like you said before, when he's married, he yeah. means it and yeah. he's going to do good by it. Cass, the little flirt. Would you agree that he has a habit of causing his brother's grief? I think so. He gets, he's like the, the potster. He likes to get things going and the brothers come in and clean up the mess. And sometimes <laughs> I think he's absolutely clueless as to what he's doing. Uh-huh. At that moment, he didn't know because he just had got a letter and his mom made him come. And yeah. And he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't know that they just got married and he's interrupting, you know, that. Right. Did you <laughs> did the scene of Cass falling over the pallet that he slept on make you laugh? I, she was she's yeah. so good at describing that stuff. Like I literally could picture him going down and I, know. I, I busted up. Laughing. <laughs> yeah. This was the up and down book. It like was. You were crying and it then you're laughing. It's yeah. emotional. Roller coaster. And then she's so worried now because Bo never said that he would stay with her. That thinks, yeah, she thinks, oh, he's just married me to get me through the winter and then he's going to leave. So she's worried that when Cass, now that Cass has come, that he's going to go back home with Cass. So she keeps making those, right. what are they, poultresses or whatever for it. <laughs> For his ankle, for Cass's ankle, but for she put ankle. stinging nettles in yeah. there to keep it swollen so that Bo can't leave with him. <laughs> yep. 
That's so funny. But I it's know. also kind of like charity. You're still, you're still being a stinker. <laughs> oh my goodness! And then Bo's getting really grouchy. Because he's a man and he has a wife <laughs> and he hasn't been able to be with his wife because his brother has been there from day one and then he can't leave because of his ankle. I can't even remember how many weeks it's been that he stayed there. Right. So he's getting all grouchy and Charity's like, do I have time to go hang the wash, you know? And he goes, we got 10 minutes. She goes, well, I think I'll need 15. And he goes, it's 10. We have to get out there and get this work done. So she's out there and this Indian, like, man, like, big man comes up and and taps her on the shoulder. At first I thought, oh my gosh, she's going to take charity and Bo's going to have to go, you know, save her. But he was there for medicine yeah. because Laughing Waters and Little Fawn said that he, she has good medicine and he needed medicine for his wife. Oh, yes. So she goes, oh yeah, follow me yep. in the house. She follows him in or he follows her in. Bo and Cass, you know, they get like all protective and everything. And then when he leaves... Bo's jealous, just like Cole was in the Peacemaker when when he's talking to yeah, looking at this other guy. And she made a comment like Charity makes a comment similar similar to how Wynn did because Bo's like, how do you know? How do you know him? She goes, oh, well, he's quite a striking man, don't you think? Like really gets him going. <laughs> I have to laugh. I love those little like jabs that she she puts in there. But then it was so... <laughs> Funny because he comes back and the Indian comes back. I can't remember when and says, you oh, uh, yeah. white sister have good medicine. Uh, wife has three strong, ma- had three papooses. Yeah. Three papooses. Yeah. My word. <laughs> Triplets. <laughs> so then the, they go into town. I think the Cass and Bo go into town, I think for supplies. And Susan McCord comes in. Oh, yeah. This oh, is where we meet her. Uh, you don't have the right color color thread, and she's throwing. Air. I mean, she's <laughs> awful. And here, when she first came in, you didn't know that she was that way. And Cass, like, Bo was kind of laughing because Cass was pretending to look at a shirt to buy, but he was really watching Susan. Like, he was kind of taken by her. Yeah. And, and then, then she Cass started throwing like, her fit. Yeah. I'm going to show her. And he blocks the doorway, and she punches <laughs> him in the face. Oh, my word. Yep. And then it's not until, like, they're coming back that Bo and Cass have that conversation. And that's where Cass realizes. He goes, well, now I understand why you're grouchy now. So, anyways, so then Bo comes in and because Cass is like, well, I'll just go out hunting tonight and fishing so you can have time with your wife. <laughs> he's like, give me a yeah. charity. Like, he's all, like, ready for it. And then here... <laughs> Cass is getting ready to leave to let them have their time alone and then Suzanne shows up begging oh, yes. Bo, or not Bo, I'm sorry Cass to take her to St. Louis because she doesn't want to live in right. Cherry Grove. Yeah, she doesn't want to live there anymore. Do you feel sorry for Bo at this point? I do, very much so. He made the decision and it's kind of like I know, I know. Taunting him <laughs> I know, a little I bit. <laughs> He's like, alright, yeah. I agree. And then, oh, so they don't get their you know. time together and <laughs> The next day, they the guys go out to work, and then Charity decides, I'm going to go into town and get those raisins for him and make that raisin pie. Then she gets trapped in a blizzard. With the baby. And then Bo is freaking out when he comes home, and she's not there. He doesn't know where she went because she wanted it to be a surprise, so she didn't leave a note or anything saying where she was going. What are you thinking at this point? Oh, I was I was nervous, but I saw the foreshadowing of the shovel. I used to yes. see that in there. I was like, oh, good. She brought a shovel. So she's going to dig her way out. And then when she wasn't digging her way out, I was a little bit like, uh, 
Oh no, Bo's gonna lose mm-hmm. his wife and the baby again. But the shovel came in handy because she had it. She like poked it up through the snow. It and did. Had yep. Coat or something yeah, on it so that it was like a flag. Yeah, a scarf. Yeah, I think it was, so. That's where that foreshadowing came in. But I was like, that's good. Bringing that. And thankfully, because Bo came up on it and saw it. I mean, he yes. punched through the snow like his hands were bloody because he was like desperately trying to get to them. Then they end up going to the reverend's house to let them kind of warm up and heal up a little bit. And and that's where he ends up giving her the brooch. And they talk about how really they talk about how they love each other, but it's going to be different for both of them. It's not the same as their first love. Right. I think that's where Charity says, Farron was my first love, but you're my last. And I thought that was so sweet. Yeah. So sweet. And then in chapter 16, the last paragraph on page 270, it's A great reminder that when tragedy strikes, we need to lean into God and not run from him. I felt like that was kind of a theme through the through the book. Yeah, kind of showed the Mm -hmm. different avenues of everybody. Yeah, the different outcomes from that. So they've been away for a few days, you know, from the house. And Cass has been at the house because Bo said in, in two hours, go back to the house, you know, when they were out looking for charity. So. Cass has been waiting for them to come home, and he makes the comment. He says, it's the strangest thing that the swelling in his ankle had gone down. It's because she's no longer, (laughs) but she's not worried about it now because Bo has let her know that he's committed for life. What were your overall thoughts on the story? It was a roller coaster, like I said, so a very emotional Mm -hmm. book. I liked it. I liked the messages that it had, and I love her writing. Obviously, I <laughs> like this one more than the Peacemaker. I don't know if it was because of the roller coaster events, or I'm not sure what it was, but it, I don't know. It just held my interest a little bit more <laughs> than the first one. I don't know how it was for you, but yeah, I felt like there was more communication. I think in the Peacemaker, we were, I was I was a little mm, irritated. Yeah, that they just wouldn't communicate with each other. Whereas this one, I felt they were more like a real couple. They mm-hmm. could. So, you know, what is your rating to? out of five stars? I think I gave Peacemaker five out of five because <laughs> I just like I like this the mm-hmm. the the settings of these yeah. books and I like her writing. So I'm gonna yeah. go five out of five too because I did the same thing when I read the Peacemaker. I loved it and I gave it a five out of five. Then I read the Drifter. I'm like I like it even more. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to right. Yeah, it is hard. All right. Well, that's. The end of our discussion with the Drifter. So thank you for joining us and tune in next month as we continue with the Men of the Saddle series with the Maverick. If you would like to purchase the Drifter and support our show, use our affiliate link on literaryscape.com. As always, subscribe and become a Patreon for access to additional content. Until next time, happy and blessed reading. Thank you for listening to Literary Escape's historical inspirational book club podcast. Join us next month for another exciting episode. To support the show and access additional content and author interviews, become a patron. Visit literaryscape.com for more details.